Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mully and Haw. Live and local. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's important that they hear my voice and some things for sure. So I think that's important. Um, I would say overall, we, we we got good coaches and you delegate to them. But um, just as much for the players, for the coaches here and hearing things that are important is is part of the spring for sure. You know, this is a division that you know obviously nobody's scheduled to run away with it. Why not us, right? You know, we're here. We got to play 162 games. If we were out of it already then why play right you know we're not out of it we got 162 games to play and we got close to 40 days to prepare for those 162 games so i know they got to do their job and the, you know the percentages of the percentages you know our job is to prove them wrong you know and that's that's what we're working on welcome back it's mullion haw chicago sports radio 6-7 the score Having fun this morning with layla in for mully so far we've uh, had a good time talking about the all-star game a little bit of uh, controversy with Jay Williams and Kenny Smith. We've made people laugh. We've made people mad. Apparently, this top five quarterback list is still very, very top of people's minds. It's got some shelf life. Yeah. yeah. I, I Maybe you guys need to revisit this. People should, are mad. We could revisit this later. We got, we've got a lot of time until 10 o'clock. We have some open, uh, open time later in the program. We could maybe discuss your top five. You could give you some time to think about it. I mean, Marino and Elway are probably on my top five. They're probably not. No. One of them, not both of them. No, maybe both. Okay, then I'm really interested to see what your top five ends up being. So, we heard coming in from Craig Council and Pedro Gafol, the two managers in town, and today full squad workouts begin, I believe, both White Sox and Cubs camp. Tom Ricketts is scheduled to address the Cubs later today. I want to ask you this, Layla, and we can go a lot of different directions with baseball because I think people have thoughts on Christopher Morrell to third base or what the Cubs are doing with their pitching staff. 312-644-6767. Kevin from Palatine, he can call back. I saw he was in on hold earlier, and he's always a good contributor to the program. I haven't heard from Tony from Wonder Lake yet. <laughs> it's early. Tony's drinking coffee about now probably. So, Layla, is there anything that's going to happen in Glendale, Arizona at White Sox camp to create a bigger buzz than what the big story of the weekend was regarding the White Sox? And that was Jerry Reinsdorf planning to appeal to Governor Pritzker for up to a billion dollars in subsidies to build a ballpark in the South Loop. 
Is there anything on the field that is going to rival that kind of development off of it? Yeah, I I don't think so. I mean, if there's anything that I've surveyed in the years that I've worked here, the stadium for any of these teams, whether you're talking about the possible Bears new stadium or what we're seeing with the White Sox, that's a lasting decision that maybe should last more than a little over 30 years. But it, it affects so many more people. We're talking about a 40-man roster where we're trying to figure out whether or not Garrett Crochet is going to be a starter. Or he's going to be one. We're just going to see the viability. Okay, that's one story. But you know what I'm saying? What else? Like that's, we're what else talking, you got? We're talking about pinpoint discussions on a, on right. a team that underachieved last season. We know that. So to me, this the stadium discussion is something that affects a lot more people. There's a lot of minutia when it comes to the ball club. There's a lot of... Uh, there, there's a lot of names that people don't recognize. As I challenged Sox fans last week, if you could name more than two relievers, we, you should be eligible for a prize because it's an anonymous bullpen, and it's going to be sponsored this season by Google. You just don't know who's going to start every fifth day. You don't know who's going to play uh, every day in right field. Besides Luis Robert and Dylan Cease, why watch? So – that's the point that's well taken, is that... Why not us, right? Well, there are a lot of reasons that why not us. You need to clean, you need to clean things up, Pedro. You need to play fundamentally sound baseball. You need to be better defensively. You need all the things that were promised last year and you never delivered. That's why when Jerry Reinsdorf makes news here, it resonates as loudly as a ballpark on the, in the South Loop resonates. That idea is exciting. And when they announced it and they floated it a couple weeks ago, it was easy to kind of embrace. You had related media, the business owners talking to aldermen and even the aldermen from the, you know, from the ward where the, the Bridgeport, she was like, oh, yeah, I can understand this. We saw the renderings. Weren't they gorgeous? They were gorgeous. Who doesn't want that view of your favorite baseball team in a ballpark that could revitalize your organization and and re- rejuvenate a franchise that needs it. And then we saw this over the weekend. Jerry Reinsdorf wants, a hun- wants $1 billion in public money. Oh, but nobody's taxes are going to be raised. Takes some gall to ask for that in this climate. And it also takes a little bit of gall, maybe a lot of gall, to be the chairman of a team that's never written a $100 million contract to ask the public to pay for his next home. That's why it's a big deal. That's why it's the, the, that, the, the news story that it is. And that's why we're going to continue to hammer it because it matters. Listen, I think the Barbie dream house is amazing. Would I love to have a slide coming out of a bedroom into a pool? Yes. Am I the one paying for it? No. I'm not going to buy the slide from the Barbie dream house to add on to my imaginary house because I'm the one who has to pay for it. <laughs> I, I love the idea of this ballpark, but the the public money at all has to be an incredibly scrutinized decision given how upside down we are for renovations to Soldier Field 30 years, 20 years ago. And this ballpark is only 33 years old. All of this has to be discussed. If you're going to bring the public dollars into it, it has to be something that we question. I, I do think that it, it's a civic responsibility to question something of this magnitude. What's also compelling, before we get back to the phone lines, because I think you've woken a couple people up, Layla, 
what's yeah, also- Yeah, I hope so. The Barbie dream house is pretty amazing, guys. I want to get back to this Barbie dream house in a second. <laughs> but what's also compelling about this, and the Bears repeating, is that the Bears are also embarking on their own stadium project. And I do wonder- I do wonder how much of their interest in the South Lot property, just south of Soldier Field, is legitimate. How much of it is a ploy for leverage in, for the Arlington Heights project? Because the moment that the White Sox announce plans that are either official or legitimize their quest to end up in the South Loop is the moment that the Bears' plans are not maybe as concrete and they are harder to believe in because of the incompatibility of having two stadiums that close to each other for both wanting to use public funds. I think another piece of this too is everybody wants the vision of Wrigley, right? Everybody wants the place where you can go when it's not the 81 games you're guaranteed in a home slate. That's the entertainment complex that you're there for multiple things. They talk about, of course, Jerry world in Arlington. You want this, this situation, but at the end of the day, number one, can a city bear two of those? Number two, the bears only have a guaranteed eight games a season. That's always been the difference with football is that you've, you've got to make a lot of things work there in order to get, that kind of populace there more often than not. And even at even at Wrigley, you know, it's it's a quieter place when the Cubs aren't at home. Now, does that mean concerts aren't busy? No. Of it course is. it's it's yeah. a hopping spot yeah. when there's concerts and stuff. But it's just not as easy to fill all of it with your entertainment dollars you think. It's a good point, Layla. But let me be clear. <laughs> there are two there there are two sides to this for me. I love the idea of the Sox playing in the South Loop. And I understand and respect that it would be something where it w- the, the neighborhood is thriving and that area is lively and bustling, and this would only make it a, a, a bigger destination. And I do think they would have their version of Wrigley Field and Ricketsville and all the things. I don't have any problem with it conceptually. I love it. I love the idea. But. I don't love how they want to pay for it. To me, that is a non-starter. It's irresponsible fiscally to go into it thinking that you're going to be able to sell people on the notion that it's not a tax increase because you're just going to divert hotel tax revenue to this project and they're going to use another clause to get this money for bonds here and it's going to stretch it out and, oh, by the way, we're going to ignore what is still owed based on the Soldier Field project. So to me, that's fiscally irresponsible on one hand, but really irresistible on the other. So that's what they're playing on, is because there are so many people that look at this and say, wow, did you see those renderings? Wow, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, I mean, and that's it. Nobody's arguing that the, the concept isn't cool. It's just when you actually get down to the real dollars and cents, and I think Reinsdorf has said no new taxes. That's always been the phrase that he uses. Mm-hmm. No new taxes. Harkening back to another era in no time. No new taxes. Read, Read lips. my lips. But okay. I, I strongly suggest if you haven't gotten to watch Bear Down, which is the documentary that NBC Sports did on the Bear Stadium last Phil year. Phil Rogers. And this is yeah. pre-Kevin Warren. Yep. 
it goes over the amount of money the city owes from that 2003. Actually, it was during Kevin Warren's tenure. It was over the summer. Well, it was, but most of it was produced prior to that. Right. So uh, Warren is a game changer here. That's for sure. But when it comes to the the numbers that are owed based on that renovation, it's once you see that, it's really hard to unsee anything else. I think you're right. It's a good point. And you have woken some people up. Tony is awake in Wonder Lake. He's here. Tony, good morning. Welcome to Moline Haw. What took you so long? Guys, David and Layla, I'm honored uh, that you that you didn't actually wake me up. I'm actually on my way to work. But, you know, David, I want to go back to something that you really got heated about with Bruce on Saturday. I am 100% in your corner on this. What has this organization done over the last 20 years? Okay, let's be honest. They haven't done anything in the last 20 years except operate at a minor league level operation. Yet this guy has the audacity to ask people for public money to build a stadium for what? What have they done? We brought up the last time I talked to you, I brought up about Dylan Cease. Why would he want to stay with this ball club, given the future they have? I just don't understand where this this notion comes from that because you are rewarding the public of Chicago with a mediocre product, you should all of a sudden be granted a stadium. I just never understood it. They're terrible. They're going nowhere. Pedro has to say what he says because he's a company man, and I agree with that. He shouldn't look at it any other way. But in reality, this team is in baseball purgatory for a very long time, guys. Layla, David, have a wonderful day. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Tony. Now I feel like I'm on the morning show. Now you are. You, you passed the test. Good Way morning to go. To Tony. Welcome aboard. Look, I want to be clear here, too. The White Sox could be coming off back-to-back, you know, ALCS appearances and, and having celebrated a World Series more recently than 2005. Stop it. I mean, I'm just saying, Stop. and they could I can't have go to the happy place, right and now. they could have a hundred and eighty million dollar payroll, and they could have all the things that contenders in big markets tend to often have, and I would still have a problem. I would still take issue with the way they want to fund this ballpark. I don't think that this is the climate for successful or mediocre or underachieving franchises to tap into the public resources for private gain, and I just don't think this is it. Now that said. Tony makes a great point, and I did get heated with Bruce on Saturday, and it was fun to do. It wasn't great for my blood pressure. But the White Sox have yet to write a $100 million contract. It only exacerbates the problem when you have an underachieving franchise and an unwilling owner to pony up for players than to turn around and ask for this kind of help from the government to build them a ballpark. From us. From us. You, me, Robbie, Tyler, everybody. Bruce even. Yep. Bruce pays taxes. Bruce pays. He's right. He does, right? I have a game. Let's play Presto Changeo. Okay, Presto Changeo. What if I'm like, hey, everyone, we did this work on this new ballpark concept where we're actually going to get the city skyline in the background, and it's going to be in a thriving neighborhood in the South Loop, and you don't have to pay for it legitimately we're going to get other funding we're going to get a subsidy from mlb who's saying no to that yeah that's a tough one that's a tough one i it, it, let's get it back to the phones terry is in kenosha terry welcome to molly and haw uh, love your show guys hey listen uh years ago 
I saw a uh, interview that John Stossel did with Jerry Reinsdorf regarding how he paid for that st- uh, stadium. And uh, at the time, uh, one of Jerry's uh, law school uh, cohorts that was in there was actually Governor Jim Thompson. And uh, the way he had that thing set up, if Stossel was correct, was that Reinsdorf didn't have to pay rent on that stadium unless they sold out. And uh, he almost stopped the interview because of that. But he's quoted uh, as as Stossel years ago when I did a TV special called Freeloaders, Chicago White Sox owner Jerry Reinsdorf said I shouldn't blame him for taking the handout. And then Reinsdorf was quoted, you mean if somebody walked up to you and hands you money, you shouldn't take it. (laughs) Well, to, to me, it just—it's frustrating. I don't see how a billionaire can—it's your business. Pay for it. I, I just don't understand why we, the taxpayer, should pay to have a stadium built so that guy can just make money hand over fist. I hear you, Terry. Thanks for the phone call. It's a very good point, and that is one of the problems I have with Jerry Reinsdorf as well. A lot of these interviews that you hear him articulating exactly what he thinks about certain things and philosophies about certain ideas, they're in the past. They're well in the past. John Stossel, that had to have been years ago, maybe even more than a decade. I want to know what Jerry Reinsdorf thought on Friday. I want to hear him speak about it today. I want to hear him speak about it next week. If you want the money, if you are going to go forward with this, let's hear from the man himself. Defend it. Explain it. Uh, take questions about it. And don't he, – he had a press conference last – Fall after they fired Kenny and Rick and he yeah. faced some music. Good for mm-hmm. him. And we acted like, oh, my gosh, can you believe he appeared? Can you believe he appeared? Well, you know, it's time to show up again. You want the money? Show up and ask. And, and frankly, we do need to hear his explanation of this. I can't believe that I've heard more from Rob Manfred as to how this is going to go than I have Jerry Reinsdorf. Let's squeeze in the last call. Larry in Naperville, who disagrees with me, I believe. Larry, welcome to Mullen Haw. Yeah, hi, guys. I disagree with a lot of what you're saying. Uh, Layla, you also. Okay. You're, you're acting like this this concept of, wow, he hasn't given out a hundred-something-million-dollar contract. Do you know the Sox have been in the top ten payrolls the last seven years? I mean, just because he didn't give one stupid Jason Hayward contract, that, that he's somehow to be blamed for not spending money. They've had an inept management, Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, they've made bad baseball like Rasmani Grandal signings, but don't act like they are some, they've been Tampa Bay. I mean, you're, and then you're reaching with everything, you're quitting Reinsdorf, and by the way, why don't you two run for city council? Or why don't you two run for state legislature? See, I'm if sorry, you're so if you're running for state legislature, money. are you just giving money away for no reason? Also, Tampa Bay has more okay, playoff wins than the White run? Sox why do. Why don't you two run? Why don't you why, two run? Because why we have a job where we're allowed to ask these questions just like you are because we pay taxes. Well, Additionally, Tampa Bay okay, has a much bigger you, winning record stop, than the White Sox do. The White Sox have two playoff you, wins in their last rebuild. Uh, that's, a, that's a baseball decision. It's not like he hasn't spent money. Oh, well, wait a second. Are you okay? Larry, take a deep I'm breath. I'm fine, but, but you, you, guys, you guys bash all, all winter. You're bashing Getz. You're bashing Reinsdorf. 
Let's see what plays out. That's not true. I just said earlier in this show that I was optimistic about the Eric Fetty signing, and I like Brian Bannister. I also thought that the trades that he uh, made regarding Aaron Bummer but, and, and Santos were decent. She's nice. Larry, I, you're right. I, I bashed the White Sox. They lost 101 games. They did nothing in the offseason. They're terrible. What okay? did they get for I'm that? Sorry, they're terrible. Payroll. And you know what, Larry? Hold on. Hold on a second. You called. You're waiting now. They have not spent $100 million on a player ever. And you know what? This is courtesy of Mark what Potash from Saturday. Hold on a second, Larry. Time out. Larry's busy defending Five of other the last six money. World Series winners had a $100 million-plus player. The 2023 Rangers, the 2022 Astros, the 2021 Braves, the 2019 Nationals, the 2018 Red Sox, and the 2020 Dodgers were the exception. And they had Clay Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw and, and Kenley Jansen. At eighty million to ninety-three, so in the last six years, having a hundred million-dollar player does not assure you of winning a World Series. But not having a one hundred million-dollar player all but assures you of not winning a World Series. That's why we're ticked off about it. That's why we mentioned it. Thanks for the phone call, <sighs> Layla. What have you done here? You've turned this show upside down. It's I, your- just, I just want to know why he got so mad about Jerry Reinsdorf having a top ten payroll. You can have a top ten payroll. Nobody's hating on that. It's the fact that to get you from there to the elite levels of Major League Baseball, the World Series, if you will, which the Raiders just won for the first time, you have to go for the big swing. And they didn't do it. We're going to settle down, and we're going to bring in Bruce. And I promise not to yell at Bruce. I promise not to yell at Bruce. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Baseball. Bruce Levine. It's great to talk some baseball. Score Baseball Insider, covering the Cubs and White Sox for more than 30 years. Bruce Levine is a newsbreaker. Inside the Clubhouse co-host, alongside our own David Haw. We've got a lot of baseball conversation to cover. Great being with you, talking baseball. Bruce Levine. That's a really good question, Bruce. See, Bruce, that's the first hard question. With Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Welcome back. It's Mullion Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Layla in for Mully today. Now joining us on the Circa Resort Casino Hotline is our guy, Bruce Levine, CircaLasVegas.com. Good morning, Bruce. Thank you for getting up so early out in Arizona. Good morning. Would you like to start the uh, Reinsdorf fist fight now or later in the segment? I don't know why you would want to go there, Bruce, and be wrong again, but we could if you want, and that was Saturday fun, and... You know, it was a little heated, but it's it was a good back and forth. It just had a, a good back and forth with a couple callers. I think in summary, though, how, how would you describe Friday's news in Cranes that the billion dollars? Bruce Levine. It's great to talk some baseball. Score Baseball Insider, covering the Cubs and White Sox for more than 30 years. Bruce Levine is a newsbreaker. Inside the Clubhouse co-host, alongside our own David Haw. We've got a lot of baseball conversation to cover. Great being with you, talking baseball. Bruce Levine. That's a really good question, Bruce. See, Bruce has the first hard question. With Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Welcome back. It's Mullion Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Layla in for Mully today. 
Now joining us on the Circa Resort Casino Hotline is our guy, Bruce Levine, CircaLasVegas.com. Good morning, Bruce. Thank you for getting up so early out in Arizona. Good morning. Would you like to start the uh, Reinsdorf fist fight now or later in the segment? I don't know why you would want to go there, Bruce, and be wrong again, but we could if you want, and that was Saturday fun, and, you know, it was a little heated, but it's it was a good back and forth. It just had a, a good back and forth with a couple callers. I think in summary, though, how, how would you describe Friday's news in Cranes that the billion dollars in subsidies – just for people, so people know, and so they know what we're talking about, that Jerry Reinsdorf plans to seek from Governor Pritzker. Well, my theory is that Chicago White Sox fans deserve a new ballpark, okay? So if you take Jerry Reinsdorf out of the equation, uh, let's say Leila Rahimi was the owner of the Chicago White Sox. Go would on. You be getting, would, you, would, you be getting, <laughs> would you be getting a different narrative right now about the White Sox seeking a new ballpark, okay, getting a 2% tax on hotels that's not being used right now, having a bond issue. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of comparisons all the time about how the uh, Cubs use their own money to rehab uh, Wrigley Field. It's true, but they already had a standing ballpark and a jewel to begin with. So, so my contention is I understand the pushback on Jerry Reinsdorf. I understand he's not liked right now by a lot of the White Sox fans. Jerry Reinsdorf will not be the owner of the Chicago White Sox. There's a great chance he won't be the owner of the White Sox when this ballpark is is totally built and ready to go. So you need to have a little little vision about what this means for Chicago, what it means for bringing in people from outside of Chicago to come here again a feel-good for the city of Chicago, a shot in the arm for the South Loop and downtown. That, that's where my, that's where my uh, thoughts are. Yeah, Bruce, I don't think anybody's arguing that. It's just a matter of whether or not the market will bear this, which is something that Jerry Reinsdorf understands very well. And I think in this case, I just don't know that there's a lot of market bearing upon the part of taxpayers when they're already owing hundreds of millions of dollars for the Soldier Field renovation from 20 years ago. Nothing we can do about that. All we can do is, all they can do is, is look at the, the city in the future and what's best for the city. Now, raising, raising taxes, they say they're not going to do that. That's not going to be a part of this. The property is already there. The idea of the White Sox being the jewel of the property and the draw to a lot of entertainment, a lot of uh, other housing there, a shot in the arm. That, that's what it's all about. Uh, getting people to come back here to do uh, their business rather than going to Las Vegas and other areas. I mean, there, there's a million reasons why this makes sense. I'll leave you with this. Since U.S. Cellular, Cellular was built back in 1991, and that's the name of it then. And the Atlanta Braves and the Texas Rangers have had two new ballparks, okay, along the way. Two. I think the White Sox and their fans deserve this. I'm not saying Jerry Reinsdorf and his partners deserve it. I think the White Sox and the city of Chicago do. The, un- the difference, though, is that that ballpark in Arlington that was built in 1994 is paid off. It was paid off in the early 2000s, ahead of schedule because of unprecedented population growth. 
Percy, the only thing I – look, I, I do appreciate going back and forth with you. You know that. You know I love you because I, I think we can do it without getting personal. And, and the one thing that I, I'm going to have a hard time coming off of is this, that even though you, what you stated is defensible, and I understand it's the position that people will want to get behind or, or state when they articulate reasons for building this or, or pursuing this, I have a hard time with – the priorities that this would represent publicly. I, I just think that every dollar that you allocate toward this ballpark project is something that could be used in the city of Chicago for something different. Now, is that a value judgment? Absolutely. That's my opinion based on this. I do think that the need for a ballpark you can defend. I do think it's a great area to build one. My problem would be in allocating public money toward this without having what we know yet anything coming on behalf uh, from from the owners of the team what what will they what will Jerry Reinsdorf contribute what will be their stake in this is it just going to be a billion dollars in subsidies from creative financing and robbing peter to pay paul well I, I, again project this toward completion of the ballpark and what it's going to bring economically to the city of chicago the state of illinois uh, the the Cook County. Those are the things that you have. That's that's my vision of it. It's not Jerry Reinsdorf and his and his partner's vision of uh, taking this uh, and and uh, eventually selling it and getting maybe another half billion dollars. That would probably be the outcome for for Reinsdorf and his partners. But there's there's nothing wrong with that if if indeed it benefits Chicago, Illinois, the county, and the people of of Chicago. That that's. That's my contention. And again, I understand the pushback on, on Jerry and where, he, where the White Sox are at and how White Sox fans feel about it. But I, I just don't, I don't see the downside. I do agree with you, David, that, that money can be allocated uh, for other things. Uh, God knows we never know what those allocations are. We're going to talk to Jim Kirk from Crane Chicago at 8 o'clock. Looking forward to that conversation, Bruce. So tell me this. Let's pivot to baseball is there anything on the field going on with the White Sox that you think will create a bigger buzz than than what we've just discussed off the field and if not what will be the thing that comes the closest yeah I think Brian Bannister the the new coordinator of pitching working with uh, the pitchers and what that pitching staff is going to look like you know starting with Dylan Cease if he is still there opening day I still have my doubts that that'll be the case but you know moving down to Kopech and then Michael Soroka, the guy that we had on Saturday and inside the clubhouse, and then the uh, hopefully the resurgence of, uh, you know, Kopech in in that rotation. Eric Fetty uh, coming over after 20 wins in Korea. There there are a lot of you know hopeful situations for the White Sox rotation. It doesn't look uh, like projectable at this point to be able to say they're going to do this or that. But I, I think. I think there's there's going to be some excitement for White Sox fans to see new people out there, new challenges, hopefully better defense out there. So that, I think if you want to concentrate on anything, look at look at the White Sox pitching and uh, their continued quest to add more young pitching in that in that uh, organization. Bruce, I tend to agree with you when it comes to Dylan Cease, and if nothing but for only one reason, and that's the news about the recent injuries to the Orioles pitching staff. They have probably the haul that the Sox would want in return for Cease and an immediate need. Yeah, no doubt about it, and and it's a good point. I I, I just think that um, when you look at Cease, and again the the Montgomery and uh, 
and the other situations with with pitching out there has really held up the the cease trade. You know, when when you look at um, at the situation, you know, the White Sox thought that they would be alone out there with the best piece out there. And and you know, when you look at cease, you you look at a guy that hasn't missed a start since two since 2019, will be making eight million dollars a year, which is you know lower than any fifth starter is making out there on championship teams right now. And, and a guy that uh, is, is great in the clubhouse. So there are a lot of reasons White Sox fans will probably be saying right now, well, why not keep him and extend him? There's not going to be any extension because it's, it's a Scott Boris client. And in two years, he'll hit free agency, and that'll be it. So for, for where the White Sox are at, Dylan Cease is something that can bring you some great young players back. And, and that's, that's how the narrative has to go. The, the problem, and, and David and I talked about this, Layla, on Saturday, is if you hold on to him, the injury factor can happen. And if that happens, all your plans for Dylan C's go out the window. Agreed, especially since they're relying on him. You know, the, the idea that he's going to have a little more miles on his arm, respectively, than the other Sox starters by probably midseason is understandable. Every start is a risk, and Bruce has pointed that out a couple of times. Bruce, we've got a minute left. Over in Cubs camp, Tom Ricketts plans to address the team today in his annual State of the Cubs uh, talk, and then I guess he will take questions. How will he answer the big one about Cody Bellinger? Well, he'll say, you know, hey, we love Cody. You know, we wanted him back. You know, this is business. I trust Jed in the front office. Uh, you know, hopefully we can get something done. Uh, you know, I don't think the narrative is going to change, and I think in this case it's not a bunch of BS. I, I, I just think that there's – there must be a, a huge gap between the years and the money that uh, Bellinger is asking and what the Cubs want to give. And, and at this point, nobody's moving. But, I mean, look, if you look around baseball and you hear about other offers for Bellinger, sure, a lot of, te- a lot of people would like him, and especially on a short-term deal. But uh, right now, I don't, I don't think anybody has six, seven, or eight years or the uh, – $200 million that they were originally asking for him when he went on the free agent market in November. So someone's going to have to blink, and uh, we'll see who that is here. Again, if the if the Cubs miss out on him and somebody else signs him to a seven- or eight-year deal, you know, it'll be understandable. If, if he signs a short-term deal somewhere else, I think uh, people will not be happy about that. Bruce, thanks so much for getting up. Always love talking with you. We'll look forward to tomorrow and hearing what you have to say about Ricketts' address. Pleasure being with you both. Have a great day. Good Bruce, morning, Bruce. Bruce Levine out in Arizona, Cubs and Sox talk. And see, that was pretty civil. That was very good. Bruce is definitely – I understand why people are pushing back at his point of view. I don't agree with it, but we can discuss it. That is the fun of having somebody uh, – on the other side of the equation. I think you and I both having interacted with Jerry Reinsdorf would understand that we're doing this as well. Like Jerry Reinsdorf understands that the public is going to ask questions. No doubt about it. He's not naive. He has to anticipate some pushback. Don't know if he anticipates how loud it could get. And I think it will get louder before it quiets, especially if this is the ask. It's audacious. <laughs> it's an audacious ask from Jerry Reinsdorf. We'll switch to Cubs. I want to talk about Christopher Morel. Mm-hmm. I think there's some other things going on with the Cubs in their pitching infrastructure and some of the young guys that we have heard from and maybe hearing more from. We'll do that when we come back. Layla in for Mully, Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. 
And it's one and two. That is that. 18 straight saves converted by Hendricks. The Sox have rampaged back again against Houston. Welcome back. Molly and Hush, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Layla in for Molly today. Why are we hearing a Liam Hendricks highlight? Thought you guys were going to talk Cubs, huh? All right, we got to shift gears real quickly. Liam Hendricks, breaking news here on the score. And breaking news on the score is brought to you by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Signs with the Red Sox. Liam Hendricks signed with the Red Sox. Yeah, two years, $10 million guaranteed, according to Buster Only, with additional performance bonuses. That's a bold move by the Red Sox, knowing that you're not going to get him until probably September. He had that Tommy John surgery in August. And that's if it goes according to plan. Yeah. And, okay, cancer survivor, Tommy John surgery, there's a lot that could not go according to plan. There's a lot lot of plans that could get scuttled on the way back to the mound, right? So sure. that's that's a that's a risk. I guess 10 million guaranteed. You're guaranteeing 10 million dollars to somebody that is whew, injured and coming off after a, a battle against cancer. I I think that mildly surprised or should I be? I it's always surprising when a team wants to give a reliever in his 30s, a multi-year deal when he's currently going through Tommy John rehab from his surgery. So I feel like all of that is founded. I'm also curious if this uh, mitigates any part of what the White Sox are paying him. I wonder that too. That's an interesting question. I also think it's interesting that he's joining a team that will have Lucas Giolito in the rotation. Yeah, and Lucas Giolito and Steve Greenberg, I guess, got to talking, and that has created a really good article in the Sun-Times good, today. Good column in today's Sun-Times. Steve Greenberg in Florida at Red Sox camp. Lucas Giolito talking about how dumbfounded he remains about how quickly things got away from the White Sox, who had all that talent and all that momentum. Remember when they were cool in the cornfield? Remember that? <sighs> yeah, seems like ages ago. But Liam Hendricks joining the Red Sox with Lucas Giolito, two years $10 million guarantee, a lot of incentives in there, and good for Liam Hendricks. Easiest guy on that team to like in the last couple of years. On a team that's not been very likable, he was easy to pull for. Oh, yeah. That was one of my favorite moments was last year, was being able to see him in person return to the mound. But who had Liam Hendricks signs before Cody Bellinger on the offseason baseball bingo card? Ooh, not me. Not me. And Cody Bellinger's still out there. Tom Ricketts addresses the Cubs today. Bruce is right. He'll be asked a question. He'll address it. You wonder what the number is. You wonder what the holdup remains, why it's still there. What do you think is going to happen with the Cody Bellinger saga? So we're all trying to read tea leaves constantly. I don't need to remind everybody about every little move we're analyzing of the Bears vis-a-vis certain quarterbacks' futures. So I'm going to do this with baseball instead. (laughs) The Christopher Morrell taking reps at third base not only just seems like a good decision, and Craig Council did acknowledge it, but it also makes me wonder if they think they're probably not getting Matt Chapman, and I wonder if they think that they are only getting one of the two. And if that's the case, then maybe it's Cody Bellinger. Am I reaching too much? Probably. I think at this point, that I don't know if you're reaching too much. I think we're all trying to interpret it the way that we think it's going to happen. Bellinger still seems to be logical for the Cubs. Most money, biggest need. 
comfortable environment. If he wants to thrive, that's where he should go. I don't think Chapman's realistic any longer. I don't think they're going to be in on Montgomery or Snell. So none of the, the Boers four, except for Bellinger, so are going to be coming to Chicago. When you get Cody Bellinger here, if he does arrive, then I think you can feel pretty good about your offseason. Third base, to me, seems like it's going to be shared. Christopher Morrell sounds like Craig Council wants to see how that goes. All right, fine. I, I, you still are, are a bat down. If they go out and they sign a free agent bat to be a DH, great. Give Morrell the bats at third base. Let Patrick Wisdom be a sub. Let Nick Magical be the utility guy. I don't know where Master Boney fits in, but I don't know that that's a big concern to me. What you want is PCA. Is he going to be your fourth outfielder? Is he going to start the season in Iowa? A lot of questions if Bellinger comes back. But the Cubs will feel better about their offense because they feel great about their pitching and defense. That's the way they want to build this, and you sort of hesitate there, and you're ready to like, <sighs> because you don't like that idea. But they love their pitching and their defense. I know, but the problem is they have already amended that. Like you saw that happen when they DFA'd Tucker Barnhart last year. They realized they didn't have enough offense. They also wanted to give Miguel Amaya a shot, but that was a big signing for them. And to make that move because they realized they had to adjust, I think says a lot about sticking to your plan, but also knowing when you've got to change it a little bit. Like they, they don't have enough offense right now to feel comfortable about it. Think about all the additions the Reds have made. That's just in this division. Council talked about the Cubs starting rotation and Imanaga, Tyone, Hendricks, and Steele. They're your top four. The fifth job, you know, you need more than five starters, but Jordan Wicks, Javier Saad, I think those guys will be in the mix. Certainly that makes sense. Maybe Wisnasty or Wisneski, as they call him. I think that's a possibility too. We also heard from Ben Brown, the Cub minor leaguer, who I think a lot of people thought might get a shot last year. Injuries got in the way, but did I mention Jordan Wicks is a fifth starter too, by the way? Because he's another young guy. Yeah, Jordan Wicks is, is in the mix there. Ben Brown is not to be ruled out. Certainly, if it were only on confidence, it sounds like the kid is ready. I know I could pitch in the big leagues for all 30 teams. Um, I know I belong there, and I just know that I just have to wait for my opportunity. And, um, you know, I gotta control what I can control. You know, there's nothing wrong with dreaming the day after a start that you might get called up. But, you know, once bullpen day rolls around and you have to get ready for your next start, I wanna be locked in. I mean, if I can, I'll be a triple-A all-star. I'll be the best pitcher there is in triple-A. That's fine with me. I just want to pitch and be myself. You like to hear that kind of confidence, Layla? I mean, people love Ben Brown. You know that. His his name has either been mentioned in untradeable talks or it's going to take Ben Brown to get a guy like Pete Alonso for the last, I'd say, several months. Ooh. You know, But it's true. You know, he, he's up there in that special prospect talk. I would take that. I might take that. Oh, I don't know. That's pretty pricey. I don't know. It depends on where they are. Take, I think it's going to take big league talent to get Pete Alonzo. Probably so. Even a rental, right? Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. see where we are. Let's see where the Cubs stand near the trade deadline before I know exactly what it would take. And I don't want to wait until the trade deadline for Pete Alonzo. I want to wait and see what's happening with Cody Bellinger. Yeah, maybe after Bellinger. Can you have both? That would be great. You should. You should be able to have both. I want everything. Like I said, I've been dying on this Jorge Soler hill. I want everything. And apparently the Giants agreed with me on this. I want everything like Jerry Reinsdorf. He wants everything. And he wants everyone else to pay for it. I get that the answer is always no unless you ask. I I get get that. But I just need to hear you talk about it. The audacity of the ask. It's the audacity of the ask that we're going to be talking about next. 
with Jim Kirk, who is the editor of Crane Chicago Business. They have been all over this story. They have been all over the Bears Stadium Project, and we will talk to Jim when we come back. It's Molly and Haw, Layla in for Molly, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.